Welcome to today's edition of Daytime Dialogues. It's my pleasure today to welcome Tzvika Klein, the Deputy Ed- Editor-in-Chief of the Jerusalem Post and the Jewish World Analyst. Uh, he is one of the top journalists in the world today dealing with the Jewish diaspora, and he was formerly the correspondent of Makor Rishon and Ma'ariv. And many of us remember back in 2015 when Tzvika took that amazing walk through Paris where he wrote an article of 10 hours of fear and loathing in Paris. It became viral. Walking, watching him walk through Paris with a kippah. Tzvika originally is a Chicagoan. And so I remember when he became a Chicagoan, when he was born, his parents, old-time B'nai Akiva friends of ours, families from Chicago, the Kleins and the Rublins. And it's a real pleasure to welcome Tzvika today. So thank you so much for making time, Tzvika. Hi, how are you? I am Baruch Hashem. Fine. How are you? No, it's it's crazy times. There's this. Not everyone in Israel now says, um, you know, you know, like everyone. That's the answer. Like I'm like everyone. So whatever. I heard this great expression. Someone told me that the answer is norab beseder. You have to have the right kind of pause in it. I didn't hear that. Okay. Yeah. So let me just start with yesterday. Yesterday, where there was this massive demonstration in Washington D.C. Three hundred thousand Jews came together. I was there. It was the biggest balagan and a great Kiddush Hashem that everyone was able to come. 5% of American Jewry was there with probably about a week and a half notice. But do you think it has an impact, all the Jews coming together, or to just make us feel good? I, again, I wasn't there. You were there. Um, but I've been following it and, and you know, covering it. Um, I think that, you know, just... Two months ago, we were in, you know, we felt like the third temple was about to be destroyed. And suddenly, unfortunately, right, we're like, we're so we're such a like history just proves that we only know how to get together when we're suffering. Um, but look at the um, amazing, you know, diversity you have there. And I wrote an article about like uh, friends of peace now telling their constituents come out to this rally as well as Agudat Israel, right? On, you know, on the Orthodox, like ultra-Orthodox side. Um, and even like the Satmar Rebbe, not calling for this demonstration, but like speaking out against Nature Karta, the more extreme part, you know, um, for meeting with anti-Israelis, Iranians, whatever, et cetera. So it feels like also here in Israel that the side effects are, you know, positive, even though it's a terrible situation. Um, but you have people talking and coming together and being together. Um, I, my my sense is that this is like, I don't know if it's a turning point, but it's definitely kind of a peak of something we haven't seen for a very long time. I mean, you're a little older than me, but we haven't seen anything like this for for a long time. Um, I don't know. Curious to hear what you think. No, I, I don't know. You know, it's, it's fascinating. On the one hand, I would like to think that when the politicians in Washington see 300,000 Jews come together, it will sway opinions. I hope that's the case. And on the other hand, you never know. Or is it just a one-day thing? And they say, okay, we'll make our appearance. We'll show bipartisanship. And then we'll go back to doing what we were before. And and move on. I don't, I don't know enough, but I do know it was this kiddush Hashem of everyone being together and people as far as the eye could see. You know, some of the reports are saying it's the largest gathering of Jews in the United States ever. Uh, 
and and something like this. So so that I think it's amazing. In, in your covering now of the Jewish world since the beginning of the world of the war, what are you seeing are the major themes that are going on? Outside of Israel. Outside of Israel. Yeah. Um it's funny because you know I've been in the anti-Semitism business for like 15 years, whatever. And then but you'll always be seeing, you know, there are times where we write about a decrease in anti-Semitic events or the amount, but it usually gets less attention because, you know, that's the way news works. It's like if it's traumatic and negative, then it gets more attention. Um, I, But I do feel that this is different. Um, the, the, I mean, again, the statistics are showing hundreds or sometimes thousands of percent increase in anti-Semitic attacks all around the world, you know, in France and in, in, in the UK, in almost every place where there are Jewish communities, um, people are sh- like, it shook them up. Um, also people getting together kind of, you know, internally kind of uh, uniting and, and thinking of the future. I think the fact that you know, Israel is this insurance policy that turned out to be not as safe as everybody thought it was um makes you wonder makes you think about what what your future is what israel's future is um and you know and 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 there are people you know i mean again i wrote about i mean again in america but like you know people um you know leaving nyu because of anti-semitism because the administration is not dealing with it you know and this is NYU. we're not talking about like a tiny little i don't know a tiny little uh um uh, university in i don't know southern america we're talking about you know new york um so there's you know i think a lot of anxiety um and uncertainty interestingly there's been um in the israeli aliyah and uh, integration ministry um showed uh, an increase in interest in Aliyah from North America and from France. That doesn't mean that that will actually happen. But, you know, again, from my experience, you know, in 2023, or I don't know, in this century, most Jews live in Western countries. They're not going to just make Aliyah because of one incident, right? But if you're already a Zionist or pro-Israel and you have family or I don't know, something else. And there's a push factor, right? That can cause, you know, even though Israel is, is, is in a very bad, inter- you know, situation, uh, you know, but people are interested in, in looking into that possibility. So. So the, the Israel is preparing for a bump in Aliyah. I don't think Israel has the bandwidth at the moment <laughs> to actually, you know, but I mean, the ministry is saying that, you know, again, obviously they have an interest to say that. Um, again, there, there, there is some sort of an interest. Um, I'll say that, you know, most people that made Aliyah in Israel's history did not make Aliyah just for Zionistic reasons. Most people make made Aliyah when it was bad, when, you know, when the Jewish communities they lived in were, were suffering. So, uh, yeah. Do you think this might be the same? And in terms of coverage in the in the news, you know, in the United States at least, we're beginning to see that shift. Or even um, Canada's Prime Minister Trudeau came out with his outrageous statement. 
if you were to guess, and if things were con- to continue, uh, God forbid the, the war needs to go on for more time, and it, it does go on, where do you think the public opinion is going to move in the United States, in the in diaspora, and how will it impact Israel? I think us all, I'll add to that, that the Israeli foreign ministry said yesterday that they had to stop their uh, Hasbara efforts because they, they ran out of money. So... It's like a classic. Yeah, you can see it. There are reports, you can see it. Um, and whatever. I think they may have settled it or not. But, but you know, like we need to be smarter and we need to work better. Um, and so, for instance, I mean, there's this, this 40-something minute video, right, that um, shows a lot of the horrors that happened on October 7th. Um, the IDF spokesperson is showing it to select audiences of like opinion leaders, parliament members, heads of state, etc. Um, it's a, a very kind of sensitive, like you can't just show it to your, your synagogue. You need a representative from the IDF to come. There needs to be a computer without internet. And and it's on the one hand, I'm like, I want the whole world to see this. Because that's what they're like. If you go into like um, news sites in Europe or whatever, I don't know, different countries around the world, like you'll see all these horrors. Some of them are real and some are not real of what's going on in Gaza, right? And there are reasons for the fact that there still are people there, even though the IDF has been begging them for weeks to leave. Um, but on the other hand, Israel is not a terror organization and it is a democratic country. And if the families of those who were killed or kidnapped or injured, and that's what basically happened, say said, what we only allow to show this to audiences that will actually, them watching it will make a difference. There may be something to be said about it, you know, because again, we're not barbaric and we're not looking, you know, to kill and we're not looking to, and we're not brutal. We're not, you know. Have, um, have you seen it? I've only seen parts. I've seen parts. I didn't watch the whole thing. I don't. I don't have a need to. You know. I don't need that. Um. um uh, what's the word? You know. I, I don't need to be. Um, uh, convinced. You know. I mean. I'm. I'm convinced of what happened. Um. I've heard the stories. I've been to places like Barry. Um. It's. It's like going. It's like visiting Auschwitz a few days later. Mamish. Like, that's what it is, you know? Um, and it's, 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 it's an experience that, and it, there's a big question of, of what do we do with it now? Do we, you know? So, like, yes, Zaka, whatever, they took care of the, you know, um, bodies or body parts. But you have, you know, entire communities that are, like destroyed or semi-destroyed depending on the house um and it's it's out of the out of this world like there's no way to to explain it so yeah so from that aspect of Hasbara, let's assume for the mo- moment the government ran out of funds but you're at the jerusalem post and you're you know what happens and a colleague of yours who may be in a paper in the united states or a paper in europe begins to talk about war crimes that Israel is committing and how Israel is not being proportionate and and that there needs to be a ceasefire. How do you as a journalist, do you, do you ever get into it with the 
with your colleagues or do you just do what well, you no, do? I mean, you kind of like, you know me for a while, I guess. Um, I don't, I don't, I'm not that type of, I don't like, I'm not, I don't get into like debates or whatever. I, I, that's not my, my cup of tea. There are people that thrive from that type of, um, but you know, I think the, pro you know, someone once told me, he's like, Israel is in the Middle East. It's not in Europe. It's not in North America. There are different rules. You can't expect everything that as if, you know, your country you, that you live in um, goes, you know, that it goes by or whatever will be the same here. Because we're in the Middle East, like every single border, whether we have a peace agreement with them or not, there's a you know potential you know threat, so that's not something that any European country you know Western European country could understand. Americans can't understand it. So, and we're in an era where it's very difficult to to show complexity, right? Like I only heard part of the Trudeau the Trudeau statement, but a lot of the statement was actually very pro Jewish and pro Israel. Right. So like when you just take one headline, it's, uh, you know, um, so it's it's a very difficult uh, situation. I would also show, you know, Arab Israelis speak to Arab Israelis and hear what they have to say. You know, many of them are like, you know, we don't want to. We don't want Hamas. We don't want to be a We don't want to live under them. You know, at the, at the end of the day, it's difficult to be a minority and, and definitely in Israel. But, you know, they they're able to 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 be doctors, to be most the um, pharmacists in Israel are, are, are Arabs. So, you know, you, you see many patriotic um, Muslim or Christian Arab Israelis. And if you just speak to them, you understand that this is not black and white. But the difficulty is just like, you know, when we established a state, we were the David against the Goliath. Now it's it's the opposite. So and also, I think another thing is that we actually gave up this land. To them. We gave it to them on a silver platter, you know, and what do they do with it? it it's not, you know, nothing to write home about. So that's something that people don't understand. When I was in Israel a couple of weeks ago and we were sitting in Kibbutz Zikim and speaking to the Maskir Pneem at the time, uh, this was a person who was far left, who was in favor of disengagement, who was protesting on the left against the government. Uh, and we asked him what would it take for the 900 people who are not there right now to come back. And he said, security. And we then said, what's security? He said, if I can sit here and see the coast which was another way of saying if everything was destroyed. Where is the left in Israel today? How are they dealing with this? Fascinating. It's a fascinating situation. I actually, you know, I wanted one of our reporters to write about it. And if that doesn't work, I may have to do it. But I'm just because I'm intrigued. Um, they're in a very complex situation. Um, but also the right wings in, in a different way. But um um, so there's that, you know, gisha that you said, right? Of people, you know, saying, listen, you, know, you speak to families from Benari or Faraza whose families were either killed or kidnapped. And they say, we don't care. You know, we've been 
you know, far as that, like people on their refrigerators, supposedly there's still like a list of they used to give rides to Palestinians with children that, that had surgeries in an Israeli hospital. Those are the people that live in Faraza, like they're peace activists. Um, and so it's it, in the one hand, on the one hand, it shatters kind of an entire ideology. Um, there, I, I would say the most, again, I, what I'm hearing is more what you heard, less than people saying, oh, well, because we occupied them for X amount of years and stuff like that. Um, um, there's a lot of nefesh, I feel like, in, in many of the populations. For instance, many super right-wing people are like, don't support Netanyahu anymore. And they like went after him. Like, for years, they were supporting him. And suddenly, they're like, maybe we were wrong about certain things. Um, and I mean, there are talks about, and also, by the way, Haredim. Um, are going through an interesting phenomena. You have a, a few thousand Haredim uh, enlisted in the into the IDF since this happened, and which is like I think more than usually happens uh, annually. So this is just a month and a half or whatever. Um, someone sent me a video of like a mainstream Haredi yeshiva, like a wedding or some event, and they were singing Hatikva. You know, it's like suddenly. Um, Things are shifting, as in there are talks about it, that politically this will also influence Israeli politics. So there'll be, you know, well, it, I mean, the assumption is the next government, whenever that will be, will be more center. And in surveys, you see people are looking for, for like the people who most symbolize um uh, you know, being in the center or, 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 you know, Ahadut and, you know, unity, they have, they have the highest appreciation um, or the highest, you know, will for them to be uh, in leadership positions. So I hope that sentiment continues, but, uh, and then we could have some sort of a stability, you know, like a center-ish leaning both right and left. Um so, I mean, it's, 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 I, I feel like, you know, almost every single group in Israel has a different type of, 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 uh, inner Hezbollah Nefesh and thought of, of what's, what should be or what, or how should it be. And to just go through a little bit more with you on this, the Haredim who joined into the army, and I've heard about it as well, has there been any conversation with them of why? why they chose now, is this a real shift or is this just an anomaly given the size of the Haredi population, a few thousand may not be significant at all? Well, I think it's because again, if, if I, I think if I'm, if I remember correctly, let's say if annually we have, there's like two or 3,000 Haredi who go, who, who go into the army and now within the same, like a, like a, you know, a 10th of that period of time, um, the same number join in masses again, again, according, you know, maybe small, according to, if you look at the entire Haredi population, um, but it's, it comes from a sense of we need to be part, we need to be more part of the country than we were. And, you know, I mean, again, I mean, many, you know, you, you know, this probably better than me, that like many Haredi or, you know, mainstream yeshivish or, 
American Jews are not quote unquote Zionistic. They're not learning Rav Cook and 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 Herzl's texts, but they're pro-Israel, probably sometimes more than you know other groups. Um, so that's something that also happened to Haredi Israelis who are, and I think also this last government uh, was very extreme on so many issues that they, there's an understanding among some of the leadership that they, this can and will backfire. And also think about it like they were not, you know, uh, who, who was killed in, or injured in these terror attacks? Right, it was it was secular left wing Israelis in these kibbutzim and moshavim. Um, it was all types of Israelis who are in the army who came to try and save them or who were serving in a base. They weren't Haredi. So, and there, by the way, there are amazing Haredi initiatives of chesed, of volunteering, of making food, of um, of, of of anything you could even imagine. To the, to the general populations and shivas making sure they have minions or people visiting them and whatever. Um, but they also understand that, I you know, I have certain friends who are like strategically behind the scenes been pushing towards this direction for a long time. It's it's to, to further integrate into Israeli society, again, without compromising on certain um, ideals, but also at the same time, understanding that we they can't just live in a like a, a parallel state and do you think again to project further there will be some there will be uh, commissions inquiries of what happened at the end of the day is uh this the end of the uh of the Netanyahu administration smarter and more and, and wiser people than me have already you know said that he that his era has ended so many times so i'm not going to be the one to to say that um again if you look at polls um as much as they're worth he i mean support for him is the lowest it's probably ever been um and also um many people in this government have been perceived as extreme or just speaking in a very like you know negative way and um so the Likud party as well has lost a lot of support um the question is you know who is going to be that next right. big leader um i am not going to uh <laughs> bet on that one and in terms of responses that have happened is there anything that Beyond the idea of the unity, is there anything that's happened that really has been surprising for the good? Something that no one would have ever expected? Um, that's a good question. I just think the unity comes in all sorts of forms and sizes. And it's just, it's incredible. And again, you know, being a journalist um, nowadays, there's just so much information flowing and coming in, you just can't. And, and let's say there's like a large percentage of important things, you just can't do it. You can't get to it. But they're just the the amount of positivity coming from citizens and the amazing infrastructures people just either built or based on existing organizations is overwhelming. It's just you can't even imagine 
Um, you know, I wrote a short, I wrote a short column about, about like the street I live in in the frat where like, you know, at a certain point there's barely any men because they're all, you know, in, in reserve. Um, and then all the kids come to me to pump their, their bikes. And I'm not the most technical person, if you know my father or whatever, but, um, but that's one thing I know how to do. And I was like, I said, you know, they, and I was working at home one day, they came at like 12, they came at two, they came at four. And I was like, you know what, like this, like, if that's my contribution, you know, that these kids, their fathers, you know, who knows how long away, I'll do it. That's a tiny, that's just like a tiny example. But like, I was over, you know, I was moved when all of my neighbors who whose husbands were in Miluim got these packages from Mizrahi in Canada, like food, food, uh, food for Shabbat. Like they just ordered it from a, from a catering place here. And they also... And they told them ahead of time they were going to get it. So they, they knew they didn't have to cook as much or whatever. Um, and, and each one of them got it from different family in Canada. And that's it's it's amazing, you know, and it really helps. It really does help. It's, it is amazing in that sense. I'm just trying to figure out um, what will be if you, if you were giving advice to someone in Chutzlar, it's in the diaspora of what they can do to help. What would you tell them is the most important thing? Your your questions are too good. I have to. <laughs> um, um, I think you know there are those who talk about uh, who who I remember when there was the war in Ukraine and I got phone calls from different philanthropists about where should we donate, what should we do, and there are those that like who who ask and there are those who, that do. And I think that like just doing anything that you know how to do or you feel comfortable doing or you have enough means to do, you should just do it. You know what I'm saying? Like there are people who are like, and there is an overwhelming amount of, yes, of, of positivity, but as in the war in Ukraine, the, the war in Ukraine is still, is still happening. It's still going on, but the world just kind of forgot it. And that's important to keep it and definitely when we I think keeping the the um and that's definitely a hospara or media issue is is keeping public uh opinion and knowledge that Israel has 239 mainly civilians who are who are held you know hostage by a terrorist organization who were you know dragged out of their homes um, just because they're Jewish, just because they're Israeli, we can't let that go until something actually happens. Um, and but you could also just do smaller things, like just buying someone food for Shabbat. You know, obviously someone checks and makes sure you know that they really need it. That's amazing. You know, like it really helps because these 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 women are suddenly these like single mothers. Um, and there's like these uh, coffee shops by us that like, you know, once or twice a week, there's a whole thing where someone donates and they and all the mothers, uh, all the women who whose husbands are Miluim, they, they get a cup of coffee and a, and a Danish or something. Or but then there's kids that have activities, um, food that people make for them. So I think it's it's um, it's important. Someone had suggested to me that one of the things that uh, American Jews can do is just pick up the phone and talk to somebody who they know in Israel just to say, how are you doing? Have you gotten any calls like that? I did, actually. 
Um, I have to confess that for the first time in my life, I worked on Shabbat um, on the, October 7th. Um, I didn't get any rabbinic um, uh, approval for it, but my sense was that there are people, at least here in Israel, that need to know what is happening if they don't read Hebrew. Um, and the amount of messages I started getting then, but also afterwards from people all over the world, it was, it, it was very, it was very, um, you know, uh, heartwarming. Um, I think it's important. I, I wouldn't say, I don't know, is that the most important thing? Um, I mean, American Jews, again, involved American Jews, like that's what they do. Like they already know what to do. You know what I'm saying? Like you're used to it. It's not like inventing the wheel. Um, I was actually on a delegation. A, when was it? A year or two, a, a while, a, a few years ago, I think I was on a delegation. There was a lot of anti-Semitism in America. And we were on a delegation of like Israeli journalists and opinion leaders to the U.S. to show solidarity with Jewish communities in the New York, New Jersey area. And they were just like so moved by the fact that we were giving them the attention and we were interested. I think we just got used to the fact that like people like you just come every time that there is, you know, whatever. But I think at a certain point, I think people have to just start coming again. Right. Yeah. I think that's. No, yeah. it, it's, it's fascinating. And by the way, when you come to Israel today, any hotel you go to, unless if you go to the highest end hotels, you're inundated with kids running around in their pajamas because they're they're staying there. They're evacuees who are staying there. And my favorite yeah. story is at the Ramada Renaissance in Yerushalayim. There's a sculpture in the front. And when I went to there, there were little kids lined up to climb and climb up the sculpture and then jump off it. And I could just imagine what the hotel manager was thinking to himself. It's being there is so very important, but you're providing us with the information. And this time is the I assume the newspaper is working much harder than ever before. Also, you have people who are Miluim who are who are oh, you know yeah. uh, so the, so you have less human resources. And the more Zionistic the newspaper is, the more people you have in Miluim. So has, has readership jumped? Really? Yeah, substantially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, Tzvika, our time is up. I want to thank you for, for giving me this half hour. Uh, for those thank who you. Know, the last time we were officially scheduled, it was when a siren was going off and Tzvika had right. to be into his mamad with his kids. So we had to postpone it to now. Thank God it's a little quieter, uh, especially in the Gush. And you should uh, continue to stay safe and continue to inform us and help shape that opinion that's so very important for all of us. Thank you so thank very much. Bye-bye. Have a wonderful day.